Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ Wednesday, 21st of September. Ah, September's flying. We're nearly at the end of the month already, Kempi. Woo! How you doing, Kemp? Oh, How you morning, going, brother? I'm all good. I'm all good. Yep, 21st of September, man. It goes quickly. You know it. You know how you know it's the back end of September is the hay fever starts. Get the old sniffly nose and the sneezing and... <laughs> You know, the pollen's starting to come. And even walking out this morning, mate, you could listen to the birds. You smell spring in the air properly, you know. So it's all about to hit us, mate. Apparently there's a heat wave coming. I can't wait. I can't wait. Bring it, Kempe. You're dead right. You walk outside and you're used to freezing old uh, chill coming off the hills and and everything everything like that. You walk out at the moment. She's a a little bit warm. I'm in a T-shirt. I'm usually wearing hoodies and... (laughs) Beanie and everything, but nah, you're in your t-shirt and you're just rolling out, mate. The weather is shining, uh, sun is shining, and she's getting a little bit warmer. And the best thing about it is the plants are blossoming and the birds are chirping. Oh, I don't know about those birds, though, mate. 
Ah, those little birds, those little swallows, mate, they just fly around, build nests everywhere and... They well, you want to chop their, you want to chop their and, oh. trees down? Where do you think they're going to oh. build their nests? <laughs> and only, your there was only one. There was only one tree on this section when I came here. There was only one tree. It would have housed the trees having rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one. But mate, they love to poo everywhere and all over my car. And oh, anyway, they are bloody beautiful, beautiful birds. And they are. They are oh, I feel for them. My cats are bloody. Chasing them all over the show. Oh, <laughs> My yeah. wife had to salvage a cat, uh, a bird, the other day from one of the cats, and she's trying to feed it and, and get it back to full strength so it can fly off. But she's it's doing a tough job. But anyway, that's a random, random start to the morning talking birds. <laughs> anyway, lads, anyway, lads, we have a big Wednesday show. Like our Twitter's just said, maybe our biggest Wednesday ever. We're going to start the show at seven o'clock. Head over to the UK. As my must-watch event of the weekend takes place, Joe Parker taking on Joe Joyce. Andy Lee, a.k.a. Body Puncher, a.k.a. Joe's Trainer, will join the show after 7 o'clock to talk all things Joseph Parker, Joe Joyce. We appreciate his trainer, Andy Lee, coming on, and uh, we're going to have a chat about Gypsy Joe. Gypsy Joe. Morkham Joe after 7 o'clock. So, got any messages? Flick them through. There's already one come through nice and early. Appreciate that. Regarding Joseph Parker, give us a message on the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight double three. We're going to be talking some rally, rally car driving. We're going to talk to Hayden Patton, who continues his journey on board electric-powered Hyundai rally car. Yes, you heard that right. Electric-powered rally car. Hayden just completed and won his latest event, winning the Ashley Forest Rally Sprint. So he's going to join the show it's 7.40 to talk about that. He's got an event uh, in October in Waimate. And he's going to carry on that continuous form that he is showing. Wow, and the unorthodox electric rally car. So looking forward to that. And then he's home. The great one has landed. Baz, Coach McCallum, is back in Matamata horse farming and will join the show after 8 o'clock. For a catch-up with uh, his old mates. So Bears, the coach, McCullum is back in the NZ. And we're going to touch base with him just after 8 o'clock. So lots of good guests coming up. And we want to have lots of great input from yourselves. And Gempy Louie will no doubt lead you in really, really well. Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 811 on the Kennard's Hire phone line. We'd love to hear from you this morning. We've got a message nice and early there, Louie. What is, they're coming in old already. Yeah, they are. Aussie in Auckland. Uh, gents, I've been advised by a lot, a lot of Kiwis this week that I should get over last week's time-wasting decision. I wouldn't, Aussie. It might just it might be a really used technicality, but rules are rules, I'm told. It's time for the Aussies to move on. Fair enough. I've moved on. While we're on the subject of following obscure rules, <laughs> the underarm ball was within the rules at the time. It might have been a really used technical, technicality. But hey, rules are rules. Perhaps it's time for the Kiwis to listen to their own advice and move on. May the best team win at Eden Park. Cheers. Aussie in Auckland. He's waking up on the right side of the bed, that fella. Aussie. Fair. Well played, Aussie. Good. Fair dinkum. Fair dinkum, the old mate. Mate, honestly, that's a great start to the, to the day. Six o'clock on the dot when we fire up the airwaves, he comes in with a beautifully scripted message. And, uh, yeah. 
Mate, I was over there years ago. Ah. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, same. I, Actually, on, no, on obscure... No one brings it up, eh, Louis? Nah. No, 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 we're talking about Aussie. On obscure cricket rules, how's this from news overnight from the ICC? Now, this is quite good timing with your text there, Aussie. The running out of a non-striker encroaching out of his crease, commonly known as the man-cad, controversial for years and years and years. Well, it used to be in the unfair play section of the cricket rule book, but it is no longer there. It has been moved to the run-out section. The ICC have done a bunch of rule changes, tidied up their rules overnight, and running out a non-striker for backing up too much will now be considered <laughs> as a regular run-out. The first event this will be done at, the T20 World Cup. Watch wow. out for Mancad City and watch out for the controversy to ensue where there shouldn't be any because now it's just a rule, Kimby. Mm. Well, <laughs> rules are rules, mate. Got to follow them. That's uh, a big rule. That's a big one. Isn't it, Izzy? Like, you know how that's... controversial it is when, when Ravi Ashwin does it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, like you back. It's not wasn't too long ago that it actually happened, and it was looked, it was frowned upon big time. And now, now it's going to be a part of the arsenal. And I've, you've always done it. Like when you're playing BYC, you, you didn't care anyway. You'd just you'd run them out and say you're out, and then you'd have a big argument. But when you're playing fully fledged professional cricket, where you're having a competitive game, <laughs> that was frowned upon. And uh, used to used to be able to warn them though, you know, you, you stop and then just look them in the eye and go, you know, give them a warning, and then that will stop them backing up. But I love it, I absolutely love it. It's 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 changed the game, and uh, I actually think you. I thought you were meaning the one when they bang it back and it touches the fingertips and they get run out. But no, it's the one when you run in the bowl and they get a bit cocky and they start uh, you know, leading out and, and getting a bit ahead of each other. And yeah, I love it. Well, I, I actually really enjoy that rule. It, it's it's always been a funny one because. It's mm. been a bit unfair on the bowler because the batsman's cheating. Well, it is. Yeah. The batsman's getting a head start. The batsman's getting a head start. So the bowler's just doing with what's within his right or her right to make sure that they don't. The bats person doesn't cheat. Yeah, you've gone too far down the down the wicket. And but, but that was around in my day. Even when we were kids at primary school, we used to do that, you know. Batters used to take off way too early. Well, <laughs> what, what year? What decade, Sorry, mate, you're out. What decade were you a bit, would have been in primary school? Oh, be in the decade Oh yeah, I'm not saying a fair while ago. Well, <laughs> so it's taken him, it's taken him half a dozen decades, put it that way, to get the rolling. Because Mr. Mancad, it was the, it was the mid '60s when he did it in a series against Australia, and that was when it got coined. Yeah, so he, I was in primary in the '70s, so yeah. And so the SC, it happened with the SCG in a test match, and he did it, and it was then coined, and it had been done before, but it, he did it, and it became part of his arsenal, and it was coined the mancad. So I, I remember, you like, you know, you'd run and get the cricket bats at school first thing in the morning, and you'd so you, you know you'd race to get the bats because you wanted to be batting first, and you had the steel wickets. They didn't have like. The little, you know, they, they, they were steel. They didn't have bales, mate. Yeah. They were just steel. If you hit the wickets, you're out. You wouldn't want to get them on the shins mate, as well. And guys would cheat. <laughs> guys would cheat and run down the wicket so they didn't get run out. And blokes would do the old fake bowl and go, no, nah, no, nah, hit the wickets, you're out. You know? So it came straight. It's been in for years, mate. So that's good. Yeah. good. I reckon a good rule. Stop well, cheating. Yeah, yeah, I think it evens it up. Particularly when it gets to... Um you know, when the, when the heat's on and, and teams have locked down the fielding, they need to chase ones. That's it. And they're trying to steal those ones. Mate, it just evens it up. Hey, Louis. It evens it up. Man, it was, it was Penn Mancab by an Aussie? Well, that's his name. 
man cat. He's an uh, a Indian batsman. Um, Indian batsman. Uh, his first name escapes me. Um, I'll bring it back up for you. But uh, yeah, so and and you're right, Izzy. I was just watching this morning Australia. Oh, by the way, Australia. Speaking of Australia and India, Australia chased down like 210 in India, uh, and just frustrated me this morning. I thought India had them on the ropes. They were four down. They needed they were they needed double uh to strike at twelve they needed to go go at twelve and overs and they Matthew Wade pegged them back. Uh God it was frustrating to watch. Anyway, that's not the point. But as you point out, Izzy, that what they need to do in those tight situations is you're trying to run ones twos and sometimes threes. So you're trying to get as much of a start as you possibly can and I guess this is, that's the point. And it was the 40s, Kempi, actually. It was dubbed a man can named after the Indian bowler who ran out a bat, batsman Bill Brown in the 1948 Sydney Test. So, uh, an ignited uh, serious debate. Very, very long time ago. But how? Mate, honestly, that, that, has, that has changed the game, and I love it. I love it. The simple little change like that. Mate, imagine being the first one, the first one to get it. To get it done, You'd and it just never live it down. precedence. You'd never live it down. <laughs> what if it's, so? It, it, I, do you remember about four years ago in an under nineteen World Cup, the West Indies in the last over, the West Indies player did two mancads and won the under nineteen World Cup, mm. and it mm. was frowned upon. Like, oh, this, yeah. like that was really bad. Like they were like, no, well, that's a pinnacle event for an age grade comp, and it's been won with. Uh, but what happens in the T20 World Cup when we're in the <laughs> final and Bolty's steaming in? And it's like yeah. taking 49 seconds to kick a ball out and winning a game. Yeah, it's, it's exactly <laughs> how it, like, and Bolty gets Matthew Wade, hey, Aussie. jukes him out of his crease, <laughs> then dives back at the stumps, puts him through, like, how good's it going to be? See, that's it. That's it. Why should the batsman get an advantage? Why should the batsman get an advantage? No way. This has evened it up and said, and, and it shouldn't be frowned upon. It shouldn't be frowned upon. And I, I hope it isn't. I know the first ones will take a little bit of a change, you know, mindset and, and, and a bit of cricketing, um, you know, just eth- uh, ethics, you know, ethos and, and the way that games should be played. But, no, nah, I think it's good for the game. You won't what are you seeing people? Brett, get out of here, Brett. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Uh, Bears will reckon think about it. Is he? I don't. I don't know if he'll love it, but I, I don't know. I don't know actually. Oh, oh, he's got an aggressive mindset. I don't know. You know, like anything that's going to better the game. Like obviously, it's going to even. It's uh, for me. It's just evening it up. Like the batters have got advantage. They're going to get halfway down the track and they need two to win. It's going to get an advantage. I mean. In that World Cup final, I know you got a can't wait question is going to head down that line for me because <laughs> there was tears of heartbreak when that happens. But um, no, I love it. Great work from the ICC, changing it up. Yeah. What's in a name? Uh, plenty for one of India's greatest all-rounders. Born Molventrai Himtal Mankad, called Minu at home in Vinu in school. He found fame and sought little fortune as Vinu Mankad, India's right-hand batsman, left-arm spin bowler. And uh, he was actually the first Indian to reach 1,000 runs, 100 wickets in tests, taking just 23 matches to get there. So one of the greats of the game, but goes wow. down with the name, I guess more famously, with the Mankad. There you go, Vinu Mankad. That's come through from Charlie on my Twitter. Well done, Charlie. Sharp work from you, mate. Very, very good stuff. Uh, Brett, we're not allowed to read that text, are we? 
is he? Um, race prop number yeah, lock. Three thirty into two. Three thirty into two eighty. Been hammered. Wild night. Yep. Still good. I think two eighty is. Two eighty. Thought it, I thought it's where it would open. So, um, wild night. Yeah, and you, can't, you can't read the next part. No way. <laughs> and I see you. And so can, can we just get a quick because I know it was Pung or right. That yeah. Black. Yeah. So, so we've had to separate it because we couldn't get the the name P A N G O, which is actually how you spell Pungo in Māori. Um, so it's actually Pungo, um, but because you know I'm Māori and I want to pronounce it like it is, but it's got no reference to the word Māori Black, so I'm going to call it Pungo. But the race callers are calling it Pungo. So yeah, that's why we had to go down that track. Obviously, we don't want to be culturally insensitive and and. And do what's we want to do what's right, and we try to do what's right, but we couldn't change it. And Pungo spelt is for the Māori word black is P A N G O. There's actually another word for the word black in, in Māori, which is Mangu, um, that we could have done as well. But um, yes, yeah, this is its name. We couldn't change it, and it's called Pungo. But I'm going to say I'm going to call it Pungo, but it's just about P U N G O. But it's got no reference to the word Māori black. Yeah, so there you go. Cool. The clarity. Go. Yeah, nice. Synopsis. Uh, so you can kind of do either or. Either or. Pungo so, yeah, or change, Pungo. Change, change, uh, tra- trial yesterday. Trial yesterday. And uh, obviously, brady has been on it. He says, and I see you, Pungo. Morena, my brothers. Yes, Morena, Brett. Yes, it did have a wee run yesterday, and we're very, very happy. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Um, Baz is going to come on. Honestly, he's our, well, he's our voice of reason. We've got a group set up in, in the WhatsApp. WhatsApp group, and um, <laughs> he was having a chat, and he was saying a few things to one of my mates, and my mate was like, yeah, well, you've you've owned a few horses, and you you know what you're doing, so you're our voice of reason, so what do you reckon? He's like laughing, he's like, oh, uh, okay, so yeah, he's going to come on after eight and talk about that, but... Um, <laughs> Syndicate manager Vaz, love it. <laughs> yeah, he's back, he's back, but um, no, nah, mate, boys, um, I'm very happy, and I know, Kempi and, and yourself, Lou, you've, you've had horses... It's my first ever horse, and you just get excited. It's um, it's uh, Sire was um, so you think. So last night I was watching a lot of so you think uh, Cox play yeah, oh, and man. just um, Rockstar. having a wee watch. And then it's granddad was actually Lonro. So yeah. I was watching Lonro and, and having a wee, having a wee, having a wee watch of those. So look, you know, just just getting a wee bit excited, but trying to simmer down, boys. We might have a wee race on our hands in a. In a wee while, but I'll I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll, once the odds come out, I'll, I'll maybe tell everyone else. <laughs> Mate, I think they're going to be able to find the horse. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> I think they know when it's turning up. But um, no, it's so exciting, mate. I am absolutely buzzing for you. I know that feeling. And uh, it's just, it, as Kimpy, you can relate, it's the unknown which just makes it so exciting because you could have a champion on your hand. No one can tell you otherwise. Yeah, go through the grades, mate. That's the, that's the, the fun part yeah. is when the... Oh, um, Money Waller comes back to you and says, "Actually, we're going through them, okay, boys, and we're going to keep going." And all of a sudden, you've gone from rating to open to the group. That's what you want, <laughs> mate. That's what you I want. I don't know. I don't know how that happens, but yeah, the horse, the horse goes there. fast. The horse goes fast and faster <laughs> and fastest. That's it. You don't want a fast horse. You want the fastest. And then Dollar Dollar Chrissy <laughs> Waller picks up the phone and goes, "Hey, we're on here, lads. We are on here." Can't wait question of the day. Right. 
plenty of that with Baz a little bit later. He's going to get a bit of mail from Mata Mata for us, or Mata Masa for us as well. Can't wait question of the day today. Kempi, you referenced it. It's well and truly springtime. Daylight saving this weekend, lads. Makes a painful Monday or Tuesday morning alarm. With Chemist Warehouse, they have got a spring frenzy prize pack because of the time of year. Thanks to their friends at Halthreys and Musashi. Now, this is a wonderful prize pack, and I want to give it to you. All I need you to do is give us a call on 0800 150 811 or send a text message on double eight double three, and let me know this one simple thing. What sporting moment has made your allergies flare up? What made you cry? Come through. 0800 150 811. What sporting moment made the hay fever get going, the tissues come out, the rubbing of the eyes? What was it? Where was it? When was it? 0800 150 811. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Chemist Warehouse, we have an epic prize pack to give away, a spring frenzy prize pack. And with spring being the month where the allergies get going, when was a sporting moment that got your allergies going? I'll get Kempi and Izzy's answers just... Shortly, but Richie, upper hut. <laughs> oh, 2001, eh? 2001. Steve Walsh Jr., <laughs> that famous Cantabrian. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been cutting right. down on greenhouse emissions back then. Didn't want to fly an actual neutral referee into the game. Wellington had it in the bag until Steve Walsh Jr. realised which side his um, butter was breaded for. His bread was buttered. (laughs) (laughs) Richie, Richie, Richie. Walshie, yes, he's he's ruined many. You've talked to my dad about Steve Walsh up in Northland, mate. We all went, he drove seven hours there and back, and uh, Walshie ruined us for Northland to beat Hawks Bay. So he must be, yeah, he must be one of those home favourites, you know, just doesn't want to let the home team down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we knew who was who had picked up his beer tab that night, that, didn't he? I was just going to say that because he was always <laughs> like never beer afterward in the locals, yeah. in the locals. So, uh, yeah, that's oh, that's good. Lovely stuff, Richie. Appreciate that, Tim. Uh, oh, another famous year, two thousand and seven. <laughs> yeah, mate. Oh, it's still it's still just about makes me well up now. So we're, we're living in the UK and the All Blacks have been going around just smashing everybody leading up to that tournament and we just thought that was in the bag, you know, we weren't even supposed to play France, it was supposed to be Ireland, so there's heaps of Irish in the crowd. Uh, it, was, it was just, we had a massive crew go up from London and it was just, you know, it was fantastic and then the rugby happened and it was just distraught and I don't mind a bit. As a grown man, I had a wee chair under the stands and the worst thing was, I think, was that all the Irish fans and even some of the French fans knew that we'd been robbed and they were trying to be so nice about it and that just kind of made it even worse, you know, like it was just salt and oil. Timmy, I feel for you, mate. I feel for you. I remember that exact moment. I was playing for Hawks Bay. We we're trying to trying to play a quarter final against Waikato. I don't know how I was going to get up, mate. I was a young Kid, and I was, I was emotional too. I can only imagine what it was like for you sitting in the stands, mate, amongst, amongst the crowd. One of the There'll be many out there, lads. There'll be many out there that would have done that. So, whew. 
Tough time. A couple of tough ones here. Yeah, a couple of absolute riffers. Uh, yeah, and you're right. Izzy 2007, I was just a wee one, and I was blubbing. Seriously blubbing. <laughs> Kempi, I will come to you first up after the news of the Aroha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Richie says someone was cutting onions when we won the 2011 World Cup, though. Yeah, nice, Richie. And that, too, doesn't have to be sad tears. Happy tears yeah. are good, too. I've got a happy tear nomination after this. SNZ 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Our T20 World Cup squad was named yesterday and Guppy, a record-breaking 7th T20 World Cup. I mean, work that one out. What a what a vintage he is. Just keeps getting, well, stay, <laughs> better. Stays as good. He's timeless, really, as Guppy. So congratulations to him and everyone named. It's a strong-looking squad. Uh, Paul Gallen and Matt Lodge are flirting online. I don't think they are going to fight, but... Isn't that just two of the funnier blokes to start eyeing each other up and um, throwing a bit of shade around? Paul Gallon has one fight left on his deal. Aroha in the news there mentioned Jamaica, the netball team. They are going to play, but they're only going to play thanks to Carla Borrego, who last played for Jamaica in the 2003 World Cup. She now lives in New Zealand. So... Oh, what I'd say is, Izzy, just always have a pair of boots with you, mate, because you never know when you're going <laughs> to get called up, mate. Mate, if they have to go that low, there is something wrong with them, particularly in New Zealand for rugby players. They won't be going that far, uh, Louis. But, yeah, it's just seen that the Jamaican girls were actually keen to just keep playing with seven. They're that committed to, to get on with it. But it's, uh, it's not an ideal start for the tiny Jamison um, trophy. We'll have to keep up to date. So when are we hoping to get some game time? Have you got the news of when? I know they're waiting for a couple to come from Australia too, hopefully. Hoping. That's exactly right. They're going to play that. They're going to get all three tests underway. So, um, Perfect. Two. Sorry, two. Two tests. Is that two, Joe? Yeah, two. It was to reduce to just Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday. Whiskies. Wow. Perfect. Yeah, yeah a netball, netball correspondent. <laughs> One thing we do. He's miss- got another week. Of sleepings, boys. He reckons. Yesterday he told me he's got another week of sleepings. Well, we've really enjoyed Neep, so he'll have to earn his way back in. He'd be lucky. Uh, very lucky. Um, Kimpy, when have you just had those hay fever tablets on on? Hand, no, mate? I've had a couple of I've had a couple of good ones. Obviously, the two thousand eight World Cup was a really good night. Me and my daughter, and and yeah. winning that game against Cronulla and getting a grand final with the Warriors. That was another one. Oh, um, yeah. But my my. Go to moment was in uh, I was a fifteen year old, and Alan Sherrick told me that this thing can't lose. It was called Steely Dan. It was my oh. first bet, and he thought he'd cure me. Is he? He thought he'd cure me. I was fifteen, so I put a thousand bucks on Steely Dan. Trained by Tony yeah. Gillies at the time, couldn't lose. I was paying two bucks, and I didn't even see the race finish. It jumped. It broke down. It ran ten lengths last, <laughs> and I was fifteen, mate. <laughs> And I never had a thousand bucks to my name, but he'd put the bet on. And I remember looking around at Alan, and he was pissing his pants up at the breakfast bar, just watching me and Bruce roll around on the floor, mate. <laughs> Both going, looking at each other, going, "Where are we going to find that money?" Oh, <laughs> and, Alan, no. and Alan was saying to me, "It didn't cure you, though, did it?" 
That was the most tearful sporting moment I've ever had. You, you've just got me <laughs> off there, mate. You've got me going. You've got me going because I've had a few of those lately. I've had a few tearful moments and I've been <laughs> riven by a nose and my last leg and my multi. Oh, I can understand your pain and frustration, Kimpy. Um, tears of happiness? I was actually... Um, Someone's come through the 2011 World Cup. Yeah, I got emotional after that. I was pretty um, just sitting in the stands, uh, in in change room, just the enormity of what we've just achieved, the the pressure, and I think the Black Ferns are going to, um, you know, endure that over the next couple of weeks. You're in your own country and you just can't get away. It's just at your door, at your feet, every single moment. And to to get that job done in the end was was quite relieving. And and yeah, just emotions come flooding back. So that was one that was of happiness. Um, sadness, boys, we, we don't have to go too far long ago, actually, it was 2019 over in the UK when Stokes, he puts his bat out and that goes for four and and then we go to the Super Over and just what unfolds and we get run out in the last dine, last ball to lose by one run in, in the Super Over. So that was, I was in Queenstown watching that game nice and early, waking up the whole family, just erupting the house and um, thought we were going to get there and just hearing Ian Stockley Smith's comments just got me going, mate. He's held it together so well. I don't know how he did it, but I was just full of emotion. I couldn't believe what had just happened. So that would be the, mo- the moment that really sticks out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh- yeah, classic ones there, and I, I think I was just too in shock to uh, well up that day. I'll tell you when I did shed a tear, though, happiness was when uh, I actually got real emotional watching Winx come out for the fourth Cox Plate at Mooney Valley. So she came out by herself, and the whole crowd just stood and applauded her, and she just was the queen. And it was just almost like, whoa. And it was just like one of those ones where they get that little like tingle in your corner of your eye. And it's just like, you're actually kind of holding it back. And you're nice. like, it was the moment. Um, yeah, I think I shed a couple of tears when I had a sickening amount on Zaki at $1.30 last year. <laughs> oh, still trying to get that back as well. Gee, I need a fill up. I need a. Gee, I'm still trying to get that back. Uh, Kevin says, Louis, watching Kiwis win overseas and then they play the national anthem. Wow. Yeah. Kev, how good is the Olympics for that? Lisa Carrington or, or Paul Cole? Watching Cole and Joe. I nearly cried when we spoke to Joel King the other morning. Remember yeah, that? She was good. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah, there's so many. There's there are there's so many. You could go back if you wanted to and sit down. You could you could name a dozen of them quite easily. Um, where you're watching sporting events and it goes down a why, and you especially look watch people talking after the game. That's so, it. I was just about to say. Do you know what it is for me? It's not actually the moment. It's usually watching other people watching cry. Other people. And yeah. and they mm. like I remember stupid one, but well not stupid, but Giannis Antetokounmpo when he accepted his first MVP award in the NBA said that he was on the yeah. streets. They were selling food like him and his brothers in Greece, and he just started crying and sobbing. And I started sobbing. I was like, "What? You know?" Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. Like listening to deeper where where they've actually come from, how they've been able to achieve it. You did right. That like every athlete has a journey, and that's why I love this wee segment we got coming up every Thursday. More than an athlete, because you get an understanding of where these people have have come from and what they've been able to achieve. And anything is possible. Doesn't matter if you if you're standing on the streets of Greece and you're hungry, or you're in uh, you know middle of nowhere in NZ and 
anything's possible if you just dream big. So love it. Love it, Louis. And um, there's going to be plenty more coming through. There's a couple of messages there. We'll get to those shortly. And uh, I'm just having a look at Winx's um, <laughs> resume. Holy, what a horse. <laughs> yeah. but I, had my first, I had my first ever multi, multi with Winx in, yeah. it, in it to win the last race. It's one of its first couple of races it was, me and Al Sherrick, we had a we had a multi, we were down at Hawke's Bay and one of, we went down there, he was at a group one down there and we'd multied up these four horses and I remember him saying to me, Man, this thing can run like, and it should and it should win, it should win and I'm going, yeah. Winx, yeah, never heard of it, never heard of it, <laughs> well it didn't just win, <laughs> you, you know <laughs> what I mean, it won well and we went on that journey, Was we had a, got a pocket full but... Um, man, what a horse, honestly. I used to just love watching that horse run. And run horses down, mate. You know, like, they they wrote about it saying that it just it put speed on and could hold its speed and, and just run other horses into the ground. Like, they just couldn't stay with her, you know. So I don't know when the next one will come along, but there will be another one. Oh, soon, Kempi. Ha 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 ha. Oh, said. 19 away from 7. 0800 150 811. We will get to your text here as well after Quizzy Dag. They've got a $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. It's a tough quiz today. Neeps is lashing out. I think he's pissed off at um, someone. Oh, it's hard for the clues too. I've been thinking about the clues all morning. Tough quiz. We're going to need lots of you. Line up. Come rack on. it and stack it. Quizzy Dag after this. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that complain Quizzes on the line Just one at a time Don't Google a lie Phone a friend, you'll be fine Just listen for the signs T.A.B. with the prize Fifty bucks if you wise If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye This is how we do it This is how we do it Quizzy that complain it Quizzy that can play it 0800 150 811 Now give us a call Yes, give us a call Give us a call, another new caller Hopefully we can get to him shortly And uh, give him a chance Like Al, yesterday, come on And uh, got the job done Anyway, rip straight into it Anton from Auckland He's a regular. Morning, Anton. I'm good, man. I'm really good this morning. Wednesday, brother. This is golf day, so I get excited. Let's go. Let's rip into it. Here we go, bud. Andy Lee will be joining the show a bit later on. What's Andy's ring name? <laughs> oh, wow. Golden Duck. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got a clue. Got a clue here, Kenzie. Uh, Guinness. Guinness. Uh, Irish. Fighting Irish. No. Here you go. You got it. The Irish. Oh. Irish. There you go. No duck, mate. You're on one. You're on one. Not out. Here we go. Ooh. Question number two. The Rod Laver Cup is set to get started on Saturday. Which London arena is this played at? Uh, O2? The O2 is correct. Question number three. What is the name? What is the name of the popular NBA video game that releases a new edition each year? Great game. 2K. NBA 2K. 
Question number four. Which region, which region holds the record for the most Ramfilly Shield defences? Oh, Jesus. What a two. I'd have to go with those bloody one-eyed fellas down in Christchurch, Canterbury. <laughs> See, he tricked you. Tricked you, mate. Hey, Anton, got you with your own little question. No, it's not Canterbury. Sorry, Anton, have a good day. Pony. Pony. Apples. He's back. Morning, Pony. Your nana. Where are you from? Fungus, bro. Yeah, Fungus. You're not related to... You're not mates with Al, are you? Uh, not my blood. Not at all. Ah, there we go. Here we go, mate. Good luck. Well done. Which region holds the record for the most Ramfilly Shield defences? got to be Auckland, doesn't it? Auckland is correct. Well done. Question number five. Pony, if you get this right, you get a $50 TAB bonus bet. Here we go. Which sire is Izzy's horse pung or by? Oh, give us the blue, Izzy. Use your brain. <laughs> it's a tough clue, but that's the clue, bro. Use your brain. He's not having a tab at you. <laughs> uh, no idea. Something about a head? Yeah, definitely. Something, yeah. Something, Pony. Something, mate. You... Oh, yeah, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. If you haven't been listening, you won't be able to get that one. It's a, it's a, yeah, good sigh. Anyway, sorry, t- Pony. We'll hear from you tomorrow, mate. Give you another chance. Simon from Auckland. Morning. Morning, Simon. Going, Which sigh? I'm very good, mate. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Awesome. Which well, size is his horse, Pungle? Well, I think I've heard, heard you say, so you think? So you think. So you're right. Well done. <laughs> so you think. It is. It is. So you think, mate. Uh, yeah, exciting times. But anyway, trying to cool the excitement because Kimpy knows and all the boys know horses. <laughs> Cox, mate, day. here we come. Cox, shape mate. like that. <laughs> <laughs> How did the trial go, mate? Yeah. How did the trial go? Was it yesterday or yeah. you said it was having a trial? Yeah, yesterday, bud. Yeah, yesterday trial, I just chucked it up on my Twitter. So, have a look. Um, yeah, it's had two trials for two wins. So, they're uh, going to chuck it in a race shortly, see how it goes in a, nice. when the pressure's on. But, um, no, nah, things are looking good. Happy. Cheers, Simon. Well done. We'll be back tomorrow to give you all another chance. Be like Pony. Be like Al. Get some new callers through, but we love our our loyal callers as well, mate. Appreciate it. Well done, Simon. Well done, Simon. So you think champions are at the moment. He is flying. And uh, Izzy, you would have seen he went up north and performed in the northern hemisphere. Only the greats have been able to do that. Very elegant. Gonna fourth. Going to have a crack at it. Fourth in the arc. Mate. So we got fourth in the arc. The Trump. Yeah, mate. Very elegant. Come on, V.E. Yeah, it'll be huge to see you perform up there, but it's uh, a massive, massive task. Hey, we're trying to give away a Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy prize pack. We're asking you what made you well up at this time of year or any time of year. We've got some great texts to get through after this. Coming up to 7am this morning, asking you what made you well up and shed a tear, happy or sad. Standing under the Pahutakawa tree at Oraki, watching Steinlager around the North Head at dawn, Whitbread around the world, then the same year touching... Heath's condor's hull while he was on was on the dry being painted at my brother's boat painting yard in East Tamaki. A bit of sailing 
history there. I really appreciate it. Leave your name mm. with that, Dex. That's a great one. Mm. Uh, for a loss, 95 World Cup final. It was all good till I saw Robin Brook crying for a win. Māori beating the Lions and Hamilton in 05. For myself, finishing Ironman New Zealand. Oh, Brett, I can only imagine yeah. the tears that you'd have after doing that. Because you're in pain. That was a great one Everyone will have their own personal ones too And uh, some absolute um, cracking ones coming through on the text machine Here's another one from John Morning Fellows McIvy Diva winning three in a row I was on track for the second and the third Was very cool and bloody emotional What a horse, a few tears that day Cheers from John Yes, the great McIvy Diva Doing what it done And I actually, when I was watching those highlights of last night I saw you thinking McIvy Diva was actually in the race for those Cox plates, uh, for a couple of no, no, uh, for racing actually with against Lonro was racing against Lonro and a couple of those good ones. Watched Lonro's race against in the Australian Cup 2004. We got checked twice along oh, the home straight. Oh, the champ! Here comes the a, champ. Yeah, yeah. What, what a, a race! Win. What a great horse! What a race, mate! Mm. Now that breeding, Lonro. So you think, Pongo? Oh. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. Let's talk some boxing, boys. Let's talk some boxing coming up. He's excited. We're going to talk to the one and, one and only Andy. Andy Lee. He's going to come through and punch me with an uppercut to calm me right down. <laughs> Joseph Parker taking on Joe Joyce. He's here from Aroha first. Here she is with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price off Neutralife and Good Health Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Is he and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ just after 7 o'clock? Wow, that house flowing by. That's what happens when it's Wednesday, the 21st of September, and you're having a bit of fun. You're talking sport, you're talking racing, you're talking moments where you shed a tear, where you've shed a tear of happiness, of sadness. Keep those coming through on the text machine. We'd love to hear from you. Well, hopefully... We're going to have some tears of happiness this Sunday because right now we're going to talk some boxing. Oh, yeah. It's a time Kiwi boxing fans have been waiting for all year. Joseph Parker back in the ring taking on the hard-hitting Joe Joyce in Manchester. Could be a fight to open a huge door for Joe somewhere. A crucial domino to show he's back all the way as a truly new and improved heavyweight and ready to be champion again. We'll be down at the pub. Bear in hand, getting behind our big man, Gypsy Joe. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the show the man in the corner and formal WBO middleweight champion himself, Andy Lee. 
G'day, Andy. Thanks for joining us, mate. Hey. How are you doing, lads? Good to talk to you. Uh, oh, we are good, mate. We, we're excited. We've talked about there's a lot of sporting events on this weekend. We've, well, majority oh, yeah. of us have come out and said we are pumped for Sunday here in NZ to watch Joseph Parker and, and uh, the new improved Joseph Parker. Man, I've been excited watching his socials and everything like that. How's the, how's the morale in camp, mate? Really good. Everyone's in good spirits. Um, for the last eight eight to nine weeks, I've been putting in the work, um, putting Joe through his paces, and he's made improvements in every kind of, and in, in really in every aspect of how he boxes. And um, no, it's gone really well. There's been no injuries, no illness, and um, we're here now, fight week. And uh, yeah, the hard work is done. It's just time to prepare mentally for what's ahead and go in there and do the business. Hey Andy, down here we're hearing a lot about this Gypsy Joe. What and who is Gypsy Joe? <laughs> That's just because he's been in Morecambe surrounded by gypsies, and he's <laughs> they've adopted him. We've adopted him. We've made him one of our own. He's, um, you know, what he's like. He's he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, and um, everyone's really taken to him. And and uh, he's got so much support here now, and a lot of them are from the gypsy community. Are we going to see his tribe move over, mate? Because uh, knowing Joe, he's got a big family, so he might have to charter a big plane to, yeah. to get them all over there to Morecambe. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a, his parents are over here now, and um, nice. brother and cousin. His family haven't come over this time, but they've been here at his last fight, and they've spent some time in Morecambe. So, um, yeah, he's he is a man that travels the world a lot, and he spends as much time here now, it seems, as he does back home. It does, it does. It's been a while since we've seen Joe back in, in the uh, land of the long white cloud. Hey, mate, obviously it's been a, a little bit of a disrupted um, build-up. Obviously it was meant to fight before that got passed over, then they've gone through the dealings with um, uh, promoters and all of that. It came a bit of disruption, but that hasn't um, disrupted any of the build-up for Joe, and, and he's still um, probably giving him more time to really um, get his game right. Like From what I saw that against that Jarek Chisora fight, Man, it got me excited. This is a new, reinvented Joseph Parker. Yeah, he needed that. It's been a while since people have been excited about him, you know. Um, since he lost a title, he kind of plateaued a bit. And, you know, he he won his fights, but they were never really, really exciting fights. And, and heavyweight boxing, and in boxing in general, you need excitement. You need people to want to see action and knockouts and, you know, not someone just going through the motions and getting decisions you want drama yeah um but he's yeah he i think he's he's improved a lot he's but it's more mentally as well he's he's so um focused and determined now and i think he's the influence of tyson fury as well seeing how close joseph how he sees how close he is to taking that next step being like reaching the next level and really going from just being well he is an elite heavyweight but to be really, really one of the, one of the best in the world again, um, he knows he's in touch and distance to that. So, I've seen the desire in him. I see the hunger in him, and I'm willing to learn and improve and to work hard. And um, yeah, hopefully now it's just listen. As a coach, you you train them the best way. You advise them the best way. You put them through everything they need to do physically, mentally, correct them technic- technically. But when it comes to the fight night, you just got to let them. You know, you got to trust your fighter and let them go and believe in the work that we that we've done and and let him go in there and do it. And he that's what that's it's in his hands now. You know, it's in his hands and it's in his mind. Mm. And um, 
he has to do it. He has to. Uh, it, like I said, it's a great responsibility. As because I, when I was a fighter, you knew what you're capable of, so you never had any fear. But as a coach, you know, there's you kind of control every aspect. But once you win the, once you've that bell rings and they're in that ring, you, you, it's <laughs> out of your hands. You know, it's out of your control. So yeah. it's, for me, it's it's always tough. But um, I, I trust Joe and I believe in him and I believe in the work yeah. we've done. And I think you're going to see a good good fight on Saturday night. Yeah, if the attributes you talk about, Andy, um, and that what you've instilled in him, we all believe that uh, Joe Parker can go out there against Joe Joyce. So talking about experience, Joe Joyce hasn't had half as many fights as uh, Joe Parker. Do you think that plays into Joe's hands a bit, that he's had, he's had more fights than him and knows what to do? Yeah, and, and Parker is, is a 12-round fighter, you know? He's been the distance several times and knows... He knows what's in the tank when the going gets tough. Well, you know, when you're in those later rounds and you're exhausted, um, you're not really sure until you get there. Joyce has never really been in this situation. He's never fought anybody like Parker. Now, he's he's a juggernaut. They call him the juggernaut, and that's how he fights. He's he's a big, strong man who comes forward, and he's unrelenting. And But that's his main attributes. Joe Parker has hand speed, foot, foot speed, um, combination punching, and as I said, he's a 12-round fighter with a lot of experience. So, if Joseph Parker can use those things to his advantage, yeah. which I believe he will, um, it should be a great night for him. But we're we're under no like under no illusions. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It, like most people here, are tipping Joyce to win. The God is as yeah. the underdog, uh, but we like we like we like our chances, and we like those that that being said about us because I think that's spurred on Joe. That's given him a bit more emphasis to um i could see a difference in him if you just see a difference a little bit more spite and i think he's a bit peeved because people are writing him off a little bit oh i bet he is mate oh, i can tell he's one nil up in the in the um in the ranks of social media what have, what, have you been involved in the build-up have you been involved in that little video that trailer he made what's your take on that no I kind of give Joe. Well, did you see the call-out video where Joe was like, "Hi, uh, Joseph, uh, Jack yeah. Joyce. How's uh, how's the?" Tra-? I kind of let him. The rest of it is all been him. And I, I, when he put up that one with the with the artwork with the with the uh, Will Smith photo, I was like, "Ah, oh, Joe, you're going to get locked up for this one." <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's it's all been it's all been fun and games. Believe me, these guys they really do. Want, like Joseph really wants to to beat this guy up badly. And he wants to prove how good he is, and that he he belongs with the best. And they they've made a mistake by trying to fight fight him, you know. Yeah, for sure, mate. I can't wait. I can't wait. Can you just talk about Tyson Fury's influence? Like, what has really Tyson done for Joe Parker and uh, behind the scenes that we probably might have might haven't we probably haven't seen uh, from the social. We don't see much, but we see glimpses yeah. of it. Are you able to give us a little insight? Yeah, he's. I think he's he's revitalized Joe's career, and like he's been a big um, influence in that. You know, by recommending me as a coach and bringing him over uh, to Markham, just being in the environment, just run, like going for runs with Tyson every day, and just listening to him speak and listen to him. He's he's mental approach to fights, and it's bound to have a good effect. Like in in a practical sense, he's like we've stayed in Tyson's house for this fight, one of his houses, we've. We used his house. We're using his gym. Um, all of these resources, he's he's just he's made us ready. Like they're available to us, whatever we need, whatever we want. And he just we we can't, you That's know, awesome. we we're very grateful to him. Yeah, and listen, he is um, 
and he's pushed Joe. He's you know, and he and he when Joe's sparring, he, he comes, he takes his whatever we're doing, whatever he's doing that day. He, yeah, he rings you up. What time you sparring? And he's there, and he's watching the sparring. He's and we lean on him for advice as well and his knowledge. And uh, yeah, we like we are very very grateful. We're so lucky to to be able to you know talk to him, tap into that, and um, yeah, it's it's been a hugely positive influence for Joe. Is it- I was reading, mate. I was reading. You, you, you're not allowing them to spar. Is there a reason why? He, has he nah. been a close call, a close moment? <laughs> no, because listen. First of all, they're good friends, and they're both yeah. big men, and uh, they're both alpha males. And like you know, you know what it's like yourself when you know someone that's if one lands a good punch then the next one is going to try and retaliate. And next thing you know, there's, there's you know, blood. And they do damage to each other right before a big fight and get injuries. And <laughs> I remember when um, I was trained by Emmanuel Stewart and he trained Vladimir Klitschko. And Tyson came with us to train in the camp. And Manuel would never let them spar. Never even entertained it because he knew what would happen. And I, similar with Joe <laughs> and Tyson, you know, Oh, uh, you know, it, it is, uh, it's a, like boxing is a sport, but at the end of the day, it's a fight as well. And, you know, you can't separate the actual sport from the fight in terms of, you know, this, if this other man's punched me in the face, then I'm going to want to punch him back. And it's, even though it's not like a game of tennis or a game of snooker, you know what I'm saying? It's a fight at the end yeah, of the day. Mate. Yeah, mate. I, it. And I love the way that you're talking to Andy, because you're actually, you're starting to pump me up. you it sounds like it sounds like Joe's ready to go out there and do some damage. Um, mate, the heavyweight the the heavyweight division's in a really good place at the moment. You know, you've got Tyson obviously stepping Joshua out. You've got Usyk and they're sitting up the top there, and um, Wilder wanting to come back against Ruiz and stuff like that. What do you think about the heavyweight division at the moment? Not not only just Joe Parker, Joe Joyce, but right across the board, it's in a good place. Yeah, totally, and it. And so it should be because the heavyweight division is the blue ribbon, you know, division of boxing. And everyone years ago, everyone knew who the heavyweight champion was. And for a long period of time, it was, it was dead. You know, well the Klitschko's were dominating, but there was no one really to challenge them. Um, but now these big guys are fighting each other. You know, and like you said, Tyson called out Usyk. He didn't want the fight to February, so then he called out Joshua. And looks like the fight might happen. None of us expected it to happen. So these big guys are fighting each other. And they're putting boxing back on the map. You know, look at Tyson and Dillian White. There was 90,000 people there. Mm. And, you know, and if he fights Joshua, it's likely to break that record. So, mm. you know, this, this boxing is back and the heavyweights are lead, leading the charge, really. And a lot needs to happen Sunday here in NZ for the fight to eventuate with, with the way we want it. But if Joe gets this done, mm. it puts him in a great position. Are we looking at another fight with AJ, or, or what does he have his eyes on after he gets the job done on Sunday? There's not like there's not a lot of people want to fight Joseph right now. You know, there was mm. two or three big heavyweights who turned him down. So we've been putting this position where fighting Joyce will make Joseph the mandatory. There'll be no way they can avoid him. So he'll be the, the next in line to fight Usyk. He'll be he'll have the first preference to fight Usyk next, and that's where we'll go. Wow. If Tyson doesn't get in first, then we'll go that way. Um, I believe like like Joseph hasn't even tapped into his potential yet. He's just coming to his peak physically. He's 30 years old. He's still quite young for his for a heavy. Remember, Joe Joyce is 37 years old. You know, so Joe's only 30, and 
getting better every with every training session. So listen. Oh, you're giving me goosebumps, Andy. Oh, me Come too. On. Me yeah. too, Andy. Hey, is there, is there a couple of spare bedrooms up there in Morecambe? Because me and Izzy are on a plane tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We're, com- we're coming up. Yeah, get over here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like the last time we we, I, we had a bit of a chat with Sonny Bill, and he jumped on the plane the next the next day. He was over with us. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. Mate, He's got a bigger yeah. wallet than us, mate. We might have to tap it in. We might have to go get a loan to come over to see you. But, hey, just quickly, yeah. just quickly before we let you go, Sonny, Sonny's announced his fight with Mark Hunt, mate. Are you going to be training? Yeah. Are you going to be doing some work with Son? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I don't mm. know. Sonny's got a lot of commitments with the commentary and and he's a family man. Yeah. And I'm the same. And I, I can't leave Ireland really for that period of time. Yeah. And he, I don't think he yeah. can really come over. Um, yeah. But... We had a we had a great experience, me and Sonny. You know, we were together. You know what type of person he is. Um, just yeah. like Joseph, they're just two of the best people you could ever meet. And um, he had a great fight and a great win. And I, and I, I think well, from what he's learned and the experience he picked up with me and Tyson and Joseph, that'll do that'll stand him well in his next fight. Yeah, beautiful, mate. We know you've just had another wee yeah. little wee little child, mate. So things all good in your hood, family, family as well. Yeah, everything's good. I can't wait to get back. I've been commuting from Dublin to Morecambe uh, twice a week back and forth back and forth so I'm looking for that looking forward to that being coming to an end and just getting down yeah it's so it's very destructive when you have young children and you they're not yeah. sure when you're coming or going you know you're there one day and they're gone the next so um, they, like all these like you don't see that stuff behind I'm Joseph away from these nah. girls all the time you know it's like people don't see that mm. stuff but there's always sacrifices to be made you know you see the glitz and the glamour and the glory but there's a price to pay for everything. Yes, there is, mate. You get the job done on Sunday and you get back home to change those diapers, mate. I'm sure you'll be doing a hell of a job and back into... Listen, back I, I walk in the door and there's this... And there's, when I walk in the door, there's just babies just handing it to me. That's it. You know what I mean? There's no... There's no I, come, I come to the training camp to get a rest. <laughs> yes, mate. Love it. Love it. Andy Lee, trainer for Joseph Parker. Go well this this weekend, mate. We're right behind Thanks, you here. Thanks, guys. Thanks very down much. Up, Great to speak to you. Down New Zealand. Awesome. Yeah, Legend, thank you Andy. Much, guys. Thanks, mate. Mate, get him down here, Andy Lee. Hey, yeah, what a legend. He's so good. Oh, so good. Just so oh. honest. Just so transparent. You know, talking about Joe Parker, like, wants to get out there and, yeah, man. He gets a stun. He fights Usyk. Usyk. Oh, and they can't. They can't avoid him. And that's where they'll go. And that's where they'll go. If yeah, because AJ take will Tyson. fight Tyson. And then he'll need a bit of a break. Joe gets his done. Usyk can't hide. Come here, bring those bouts, and give me a chance. And with this new change, man, it's inspiring. And whew. there's so many nuggets in that. Oh. Eh? There's so many nuggets in mm. that about. Oh, from everything from that little bit of mental fortitude that he's being able to garner from Tyson to not being able to get that's in the ring always been him. his problem. Hey, hey, Louis, that's always been his challenge. His mental, like he's always been a nice guy and, and he's a the people's champ. But I've seen a difference from him being around Tyson and Andy Lee. Just notice that little subtleties and. Yeah, it's I, inspiring. I think Kimpy and you you would have um, worked with a lot of uh, Polynesian uh, athletes like. Uh, Joe, when you were at the Warriors and during your career, I think Joe is an extremely trusting guy, 
And I think that mm. that can go both ways. Because when, oh, tru- when you trust someone like Tyson Fury and Andy Lee and you've got Andy, that guy we just spoke to, in your corner saying, do not switch <laughs> off now. Do not switch off now. Move forward, move forward, move forward. You can see where that change has come from. But on the flip side, if you can start resting on your laurels, that tr- trusting personality can sometimes slow you down a wee bit, right? Well, the, the, the first name that comes to mind is David Tua. You know what I mean? He was like the Polynesian culture is that if you get into bed with them and they trust you, they trust you for life, and you can you can do good and bad to them, and that's just the unfortunate nature of them. The the thing I like about what Andy's talking about is it's not taking, it's giving. Like I'm giving him all this all this IP about creating this understanding of what your attributes are and where you can take them to. Tyson's giving you a place to stay in Morecambe. He's giving you all of the resources to help you get to where you want to go. It's not They're not taking anything, you know what I mean? So, man, I, I just really liked his conversation. It was just so honest and transparent. And the thing that, you, you, you know, he's saying about Joe is that, and just like the Irish, and when you, I mean, if you know the Irish people, especially the sports people, they're just good people. They just like good people. Mm. So, mate, I just hope Joe goes out there and does the job because, I'm, like Andy said right at the end, is he, 30 years old, he's just basically on, his, on the start of untapped. his journey. Mm. Imagine that, untapped. Mm. He, could, he might be a two-time champion. He's untapped. Oh. No one's backing him, eh? No one's backing him. Well, that's we the other, that's the other are, thing. Boys. Don't back him. Adam Parker, leave fire, them, split leave decision. Juicy. 17 bucks. <laughs> I'm going <getting> on. <laughs> Get on. Come yeah. on. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. awesome. Uh, w- w- what do you want to say about Joe Parker? Double eight, double three. How, when, when Andy Lee says Joe Parker's untapped, what does that mean to you? What can you see him achieving? 0800-150-811. After this, Kempi is off the back fence, and I know Izzy wants to chat a little bit more about Joe Parker later on in the hour as well. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. The All Blacks have a chance to wrap up a most extraordinary rugby championship when they play the Wallabies this Saturday night on the Garden of Eden. All the talk pre-championship was whether Ian Foster could retain his job. It looked for all money that his gig was done in Johannesburg. That's before the unthinkable happened and the All Blacks produced a performance for the ages to beat the Springboks and help Fozzie secure his tenure. Now, after a last-minute blinder from Matthew Raynal, our men have an opportunity to wrap it all up. And here's the question. With more twists and turns in this series than the Awakino Gorge, will we see another weekend of footy where the unpredictable happens? Does Roger Tuivasa Sheck kick the winning drop goal? Or do the Springboks put 70 on the Argentinians? Or guess what, Izzy? Do the Australians win, their for, win for the first time here in Tamaki Makoto on Eden Park? uncontroversial or unpredictable or once again does this weekend produce the bloody unbelievable can't the wait back fence with Tony Kemp <laughs> <laughs> well what's uh, Roger Tui Vasashek playing a uh, kick a drop goal <laughs> 4,001 <laughs> <laughs> some hell odds I reckon oh Kempy 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 yeah you've got me fire a selection's probably the biggest talking point at the moment 
Uh, all signs are looking at Sammy Kane missing out, David Harvey definitely. So, what's the makeup of the back line? Does Sevu Reese come in? Yeah, of course he does. What does the loose forward trio look like? Artie moves to seven, who goes to eight? Mate, there's, there's some some big decisions to be made. We're going to have a little dabble at that in, tomorrow morning and see where they're going because no no doubt the All Blacks will name their team tomorrow and um, and uh, we'll get an inkling and we'll get 100% certainty of who's playing. So, yeah, interesting. Can they do it? What is the mathematical chart? I know they're pretty, it's pretty even. Do, do the Springboks have to win by a hell of a lot to win it? I think we worked it out yesterday, 14. Like, I think we've got about a 15-point point differential on them so no I don't yep. think it is that much okay. um, it, yeah the rugby championship is 100% up for grabs this weekend and actually I've got a clip of Jace Ryan I want to play you guys after the news with Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand because it looks like Sam Kane's out mm. he's taken that head knock yep. he was in his track so he wasn't necessarily taking part in training so what do they do with the Lucies I'm going to play you a clip Jace Ryan talking about Scott Barrett after this with Aroha <laughs> It's 28 minutes away from 8am this morning. Great to have your company. A busy Wednesday morning for us. Huge, actually. We've got Aidan Patton coming up, then Baz after 8. Gullah's fueling your mission all year round. Andy Lee reckons that Joe Parker is untapped. He'll be he'll have first preference to fight Newsack next. And that's where we'll go. Wow. If Tyson doesn't get in first, then we'll go that way. Um, I believe, like, like... Joseph hasn't even tapped into his potential yet. He's just coming to his peak physically. Joe Joyce is 37 years old. Joe's only 30 and getting better every, with every training session. Catch the full chat at Izzy and Kempe for Breakfast, our podcast channels. Uh, Wallabies lock Darcy Swain won't want to be here in New Zealand. I doubt he will be because he's going ahead of a Sansa judicial hearing on Wednesday. So tomorrow... We will have the update on how long he is scrubbed out of the game for for that grubby act on Quinn Tupaya. We'll update you with that tomorrow. Jace Ryan on Scott Barrett. Well, he's had a monster year. He's had his rubs with the judiciary himself, but he's come out better for it. Yeah, I'd say he's probably our best performing All Black forward, to be honest. He's been outstanding in every role. He's a, he's a huge part of our four-pack, and he prepares um, accordingly, and he's playing some really good rugby. He's, he's been consistent. I think that's followed on from... The Super Rugby season, and he's hit the All Blacks running, and he's, he's a pivotal part of the All Black team and um, and our four pack. So, Scott Barrett to blindside, Artie Savia straight into open. What about number eight, Hoskins or Luke Jacobson? Really interesting. And tomorrow we can debate that. But lads, I just like to get back to some texts on Joe Parker, if that's all right, because that was quite yeah, a lightning yeah. chat from Andy Lee, and uh, we've got a text here that says, "Great chat with Andy." The only thing not mentioned is Joe has openly said he didn't want to fight into his 30s, so I guess that's the biggest obstacle now. However, I'm sure if you're close to the top again, he isn't going anywhere. Up the Joe. Yeah, Up that's a great point. message. That's a great message too. Uh, look, I, I feel like before he made this change and the and the. The one why everyone's had been so apprehensive about Joe is no disrespect to when he was with um, Team Barry, but he was just tracking along, you know, and he'd, he'd, made, he'd become world heavyweight champion of the world at such a young age. What next, you know? So you need to find an inspiration. And, man, he's gone to Andy Lee, Tyson Fury, and you can just see they don't settle for mediocre there. Mediocrity isn't part of what they're about. They train hard. They push themselves right to the limit. They train as a team, 
And, and their biggest asset is their mental fortitude, the mental toughness that they bring. And you can just see that in Joe. So it has re-inspired me. And there's another message here from Jared who's, who's talked about, well, he's had some underwhelming performances. Yes, he has, but this was before he's made this change to Andy Lee. And don't don't look at the first Chisora fight because that wasn't enough time for um, Joseph Parker to make those changes. Look at the second fight and see the changes, the aggressive nature that Joe has brought to his fighting. You know, like to, sometimes he's got players on the ropes and then he's held off and he hasn't finished the fight. Second one against Chisora, I saw that mongle. I saw that... That that beastness coming out of him. So, mate, I, I I believe this is a new reinvented Joe in his thirties, and now he's spoken about he won't go on. I reckon he's going to go on for as long as possible. And if he gets this old job done and gets an opportunity against Usyk, watch this space. Whew. How big is he at the what moment, Kimpy? Oh, and and always thought that when I first saw Joe Parker fight here in in Tamaki, I just thought, man, he's going to be a unit once he once he falls out into that body of his that uh, that frame. You know what I really like is watching um, the media and and the cap, but the capturing when Joe and and Tyson Fury together, and Tyson's leaning into him. He's leaning into him and he's just talking in, into his ear. He's only Joe knows what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. And he's resetting Joe. He's resetting him. He's resetting him. And I'll tell you what, Joe is different, mate. He is he's gonna be more aggressive. Hundred percent. I cannot wait, boys. Uh, I met Joe Parker on several occasions at the departure gates when I was working for Air New Zealand. He was an absolute gentleman right up there. He would call me sir and thank us for looking after him. He's a great bloke. Yeah, he is. Everybody knows that. You've heard him on this show many a time. And you can see why him and Andy Lee get on well. There is a mutual respect in that group, as you call it, is he a team? And in fight sports, you look at the city kickboxing guys, they are a team. You look at this crew up in Morecambe, they are a team. I think there's something really valuable in that at the moment. 23 away from eight. Wow. Hayden Patton Motorsport team, they are flying in an EV. Not a Tesla, crazy, but crazy goes footage. pretty quick. And he's going to talk to us about it and what he did to the Ashley Forest, my local. Is he's local? After this, Hayden Patton, not far away. Seventeen minutes away from eight, and uh, what was that noise you just did, Kimpy? <laughs> like that is. <laughs> is that an EV car? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I can't get it up that high. It used to be a lot higher than that. <laughs> this whole job. Oh, that's another story. There's anyway, with the rally, you know, with the rally in New Zealand only a week away, it's <laughs> stop it. It's fair to say our flag bearer for a long time in rally, Hayden Patton, well and truly has his eye in doing it a bit different. As Patton Motorsport has over the years, it was a big moment for the team as over the weekend they uh, saluted in the Ash. Ashley Forest Rally Sprint driving an all-electric man. That was amazing, that car. Hyundai Kona EV. They've developed themselves. Hayden is on the line with us now. Good morning, Hayden. Thanks for joining us on SCN for breakfast. Yeah, morning, both. Thanks so much. Mate, how good is that car? Like, I watched that on your Twitter <laughs> account this morning. The noise, the speed, crazy. Uh, yeah, well, it doesn't quite sound like... Uh your example there, but um, uh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal car to drive. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know first and foremost motorsport, and for me, motorsport's about speed. You know, going fast in cars, and, and this car is another level in terms of what you can actually do with the engineering of the car and, and how fast you can drive it. So, yeah, it, it ticks a lot of boxes. 
Hey, talk to us about the reactions, the way it's reacting differently to the all electric uh, all, all petrol cars and the way that the electric car reacts on the roads, mate. Honestly, watch that clip too. Crazy. I don't even know how. It's obviously goes a hell of a lot faster. Uh, it, it doesn't have the power at this stage because we don't have the right spec yeah. uh, battery, but in okay. terms of the handling, it's probably the biggest uh, advantage. You know, the, the car is quite heavy. It's about 400 kilos uh, more than our normal rally car at the moment. Um, but the way that the car is so stable, the centre of gravity is so low, so all that means is you can basically drive through the corners a lot quicker and basically drive a bit more sideways because the car is just reacting uh, so quickly. Yeah, man, I, like, if there was ever a chance that I could drive a car, I'd like to drive the car that you're driving. Man, that is so cool to watch. I've always wondered, Hayden, how important is the guy sitting next to you? Like, the, the, the margin for error on those roads must be so small. Is he, is he really important? Uh, yeah, well, it depends on the sort of event. Like, so Ashley Forest Rally Sprint is a, a sprint-type event, so um, we actually get a chance to put VIPs and, and uh, people in the car to, to experience um, rallying um, without the, the need for pace notes because um, we know the road quite well. Uh, but, yeah, like a rally, like what we've got at Rally New Zealand uh, next weekend, we've got over 300 kilometres of stages. It's impossible to remember it all, so... The relationship with your co-driver is absolutely crucial and, and the pace notes that we're that he's uh, delivering um, to make sure that we not only stay on the road but also you know drive as fast as we can. How different have you and your team had to think about working with this technology to a standard rally car? Can you give us an example of something that's just like totally, totally different? you having to think outside of the square? Oh, there's probably too many examples. Uh, you know, this, this car is, is run by computers in, in the sense that you can you can tune everything through the computer. You can change everything in increments of one percent, whether it be the the uh, the drive between the front and rear, or the right and left wheel, or you know, even how I use the throttle pedal. You know, I could put put ten percent of throttle on on the on the pedal, but that could be a hundred percent power. Um, you know, we can tune absolutely everything with this car. Um, and it's actually a bit of a, it's a yeah, it, it is stressful at the moment when you go to events because you're looking at so many numbers on the computers. By the time you get to the end of it, you're just like mentally drained because you've, it's uh, you know quite a uh, sophisticated car. Hey, do you, do you feel like the journey you're on? We're going to get to a situation where rally is going to be fully electric. I know they've made changes over up in the north with um, events having fully electric races and, and, and competitions fully electric. Are you hoping that's where this this gets to? Yeah, at the end of the day, the, the, you know, the motion behind this project is about the future of a sport that I love. It's, you know, my life and mm. I want to be involved in it for quite some time. So, you know, when it comes to motorsport cars and what got me into it, you know, I'm a petrol head the same as, as most others. Um, <laughs> But I also yeah. want to see the sport grow and, and survive and, you know, for that to happen, um, you know, whether it be electric or hydrogen or hybrid, it has to happen because that's what the automotive industry is selling to the to normal uh, road user. Our sport's got a responsibility to actually be at the forefront of that, developing the technology that will later be seen in the cars. So if we don't do it, um, you know, it's as simple as that myself and our team and, and maybe others around the world um, simply won't have any opportunities to be involved in the sport. Oh, that's that's cool. That's cool to hear, Hayden. Um, we're right behind you with that. Look, talk to us about this uh, rally here in New Zealand. You know, are you fizzed up and you're ready to go out there and win it again? Uh, yeah, can't wait. Um, obviously, we've all waited ten years for it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a massive event, and um, 
yeah, obviously we've got the WRC 2 car, so as much as we would have liked the WRC 1 and a chance to fight at the front, um, that wasn't able to, we weren't able to pull that off. So obviously we've got a good power and program with our WRC 2, so the target to try and um, obviously win, uh, win that class. But um, yeah, it'll be a lot of good place fights, and uh, we're particularly looking forward to battling with uh, Shane Van Gisbergen. So um, yeah, it's going to be yeah. a good week, I think. Yeah, what about Shane Vingers? How cool is this guy? He wants to drop in and drive as fast as he can on the gravel, mate. Is it that easy? Uh, Shane's always, he's always been a bit of a freak. He can drive anything, motorbikes, cars, anything. So um, he's been brought up around rally, actually, so it's not too foreign to him. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if you can drive a V8 supercar fast, you can probably drive yeah. anything fast. Um, so he's an example of that. Awesome. Uh, just quickly, what car are you driving in the WRC? And there's a qu- uh, question here on the text machine. Ask Hayden about the opportunity given to four apprentices to join the team. That is choice. Yeah, so we've got a, the WRC 2 car, uh, which is a second tier car um, for running New Zealand. Same one that we used in Europe that we flew over here. Um, but yeah, yep. we've been, um, we're working with uh, Maito, um, giving some apprentices uh, opportunities to join our team this year. So we had uh, two uh, young females actually join our team in Ashley Forest, and then we've got two uh, males join our team at Rally New Zealand. And just a chance for them to get in there, get their hands dirty, experience the sport from behind the ropes. Um, actually, a couple of our members of our team actually started out as apprentices who came along with work experience on our team two or three years ago, um, and they impressed us, and um, you know we, we offered them uh, opportunities from there. So... Yeah, cool to get more people involved, young, old, um, engineers, mechanics, drivers, anything. Um, You know, we want to see the sport grow. Nice, Hayden. Hey, well, we're wishing you all the best here uh, from Breakfast from Izzy and Kempe. And uh, go well, mate. Go fast. I love seeing it. And and, and make sure you put plenty of those those cuts that you got back up on your Twitter page, man. I sent you a message this morning just saying how insane it was watching it. So, mate, thanks for joining us this morning on Breakfast. And uh, we look forward to to seeing you lift that uh, title again uh, shortly. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Hayden Patton. He is champion. He's been around doing it for a long time, lads. Uh, this year alone, he's been up in Eastern Europe, like Estonia, yep. uh, Finland, all around the world, back down to Ashley Forest, getting giving uh, young Kiwi motorsport people a chance to be in around the car, driving an EV, trying to push the limits on the sport, and um, he just he just does it for the love of it. He's going to get the job, whole job done, like Hayden did in his EV over the weekend with Mitre 10 Trade. We provide quotes, sort out any special offers, and deliver to site Mitre 10 Trade with you all the way. And we are with Hayden Patton all the way. Ever been in a rally car, is he? Never, never. I've tried to do it myself. <laughs> that didn't help. Uh, you know, when you when you go on the gravel, man, it's, it's fascinating. No, how do they do it, man? They make it so easy when they glide around those corners. But no, I've never been. Louie, that'll be one dream to to get out there and have a crack in the in the rally car. So yeah, interesting. Well, we'll watch the rally of New Zealand with abated breath. We are eight away from eight. Is he? You're an Izzy Dougie. Izzy's Wizard of the Week. Ooh. Ah. Although this wizard hasn't fought yet, it's hard to go past what Gypsy Joe has been able to do and where he has come from as of late. 32 fights, 30 wins, 21 by knockout, and two losses. It's the losses I want to highlight here. After losing to AJ... 
an underwhelming fight, let's be completely honest. Then losing to Dillian White and seeing the path his fighting career was on, it would have been a difficult decision for Joe to make, but he made it. He left his long-time coach and family, the Barrys, and headed to the UK to Morecambe. The sacrifices he's had to make to become Gypsy Joe and one of the Fury's own. In such a short time, Joe has shown signs and reinvented his boxing self. Whatever is in the water in Morecambe, let's hope the filters haven't been altered so we can follow this wonderful journey Andy Lee and Gypsy Joe have us on. I am so fizzed, I am so pumped. Get the job done, Joey P. Come on, Gypsy Joe. <laughs> I love the gypsies. I ran into a couple of gypsies one night at a nightclub in Doncaster. They're called the Gascoigne mm. Brothers. <laughs> and, uh, they don't muck around, eh? Nah, mate. They don't muck around, eh, Joe? My mate, um, my, no, Joe. My, mate, my mate Hawley, my mate Hawley, he was uh, having a little bit of a chin wag with him at the bar. I walked up there, neck minute. She's all on for hell for leather with a couple of gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> Bare knuckle. Bare and knuckles, got, eh? That's got, what they call them. We got told, those are the Gasgorn boys. And we were like, yep, we, we, do, we don't mind having a little bit of a gypsy in there. I think we've got a bit of gypsy in us ourselves. So, no, they were, uh, they're great people, mate. Best, one of my best mates in how'd, England was an Irishman. How'd it end up? Yeah, we got it on points. Just to say, just to yeah. let you know. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have been in the air, Kimpy. Oh, mate, I was, I was, I was uh, referee. Put it that way. Peacemaker. <laughs> you know that the um, and we've spoken about it a couple of times, especially with the Irish down in New Zealand this year. There's a real, uh, real kinship between the Kiwis and the Irish. Like they're they very similar on. nations. Yeah, they get on. Like I have yep. never met an Irish person that that you just can't get on with. It's really similar natured, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, lovely people. Lovely people, Louis Kempe. Sure, we they can are, do a breakfast show in Dublin. Rory, Rory Best, Rory Best, the old uh, Irish hooker, one of the greats, mate. Just had plenty of battles against the Irish, and just off the field and after the game, really got to know them. And after the Irish actually beat us in Wellington this year, I went out, I was at the game, and, and I went into the after party, and they're awesome blokes, great blokes, some of the... Some of the lads walking around, you know, saying they used to emulate me on their front yard. I'm like, boys, I'm not that old. Calm down. I've only just retired. Like, mate, you're making me sound like I'm 60. <laughs> Jesus. But that, uh, lovely people, boys. Really, really. Get up, Gypsy Joe. Coming up, Baz McCullum. going to talk some cricket. Before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, they're shaping and building Aotearoa. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale and find up to half price off Blackmores and Swiss Vitamins. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Wednesday, the 21st of September. It's just after 8 o'clock. If you missed that last hour, well, I recommend you go listen to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, the podcast on the SCNZ app. And have a listen. We had Andy Leon, Joseph Parker's trainer, and he had him on for about 18 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, and he was fantastic. Gave us a lead on. He also announced where Joseph will be. Joseph Parker will be gone, where he'll be fighting, the direction he'll be heading if he gets the job done on Sunday. You have to go have a listen if you want to get that news. And we also just had Hayden Patton on. He's going to be racing in the New Zealand Rally New Zealand, and hopefully going to regain that title, retain that. Title, I should say, and he's also talked, spoken about his EV rally car racing. Coming up, we can talk to Baz Skip. No, Baz, the coach, actually. He's gone from being Skip. He's coaching McCullum shortly, but before then, Kempe. Had a feed yet? Plenty of snow on the Monga, and the hour is starting to clear up. Boys are getting a few cups of white bait. Horse. Well, uh, just quickly, Kempe. Is he too? Because I eat white bait. Please, yeah. chances, horse. <laughs> exactly, horse bait. <laughs> no, we haven't had a feed of white bait yet. And send some up, brother. Oh. Package it up, send mm. it up. Care of Kempe, S-E-N-Z, and I'll share it with the boys, brother. If you've got, I know you've got more than a few cups down there. It runs Ooh. thick. It runs thick Ooh. down there. Shortened season, is he? They've shortened the, the white bait season, I think, by about seven weeks. Uh, six or seven weeks just to uh, protect our... Our tongue in the in the hour, the white bait. Um, yep. Yeah, we don't want to ever see that disappear, man. That's a delicacy. Don't ever want to see it well, go. No, we don't. And our next guest, he gets it delivered on a platter every time he was doing isolation. <laughs> I tell you that with a nice red bottle of red wine. Baz, the coach McCullum is going to join us. We he is back in the country. He's in Matamata horse farming at the moment, so we appreciate his time. Baza, good morning. Yes, brother. How's it, boys? <laughs> yeah, Baz. Good morning, brother. Oh, we are good, man. Welcome good. home. Welcome home. No doubt you'll be busy doing a lot of chores around the house, mate. A lot of housework back uh, into that life sentence block. How's it back? How's it been being back, bud? Yeah, no, it's good. I sort of got welcomed home by the the family and the animals and everything, and you know everything was great. And then got a little treat yesterday, didn't we, Daggy? Hey, oh, <laughs> Pungo just. Just went, just sat outside the leader, just sort of played around with them a little bit and then went bang and said, I'm here, I'm here to be a racehorse and that's just given us a whole lot of hope, so it's good to be home. Tell us about so, that, tell us about that, Baz, Pungo, as the Aussies say, Pungo is how you pronounce it, but tell us a little bit about the So You Think um, cult, isn't it? Just uh, is, it, yeah. uh, is it? Is it a So You Think cult that's going to go to maybe the, what, Cox Plate Pier? Maybe. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I was trying to pronounce the pungo for the Australian listeners, you know, so they don't listen to listen to the actual correct pronunciation. So, yeah, he's a so you think cult, which uh, both Daggy and myself and a good group of owners have uh, managed to get a hold of after last year's ready to run sale. Um, bought it off uh, Kit Brooks out there at uh, Caraca and um, a good mate of uh, of Daggy's and. And now a, a friend of mine as well was the man who put his hand up and said, we, we want him. And, uh, and then he said, you guys are in. We're like, all right, sweet as. No worries. Part ways with some hard earned. And it could be it could be the best investment we've made in the horse racing game. We've made a few. So let's see. Hope is a dangerous thing, but gee, it's exciting. So hopefully he um, he races next week um, over in uh, at Rose Hill and, 
and debuts, and hopefully if he draws an inside gate, he'll be competitive. But he looks like he's got oh. above average ability. So let's let's hope we can all dream, right? Yeah. Baz, that's the thing. I'm, I'm obviously new to this game. I, I've got no inkling of what to expect, and I've just come in and I'm just fizzing. So how do I just contain the emotions and the excitement? And what makes you, what makes it? You've been in the horse game for a very long time, so you've obviously seen good horses. You've seen. Horses that got great ability. What is it about Pungal that, that gets you excited? Well, I don't. First of all, Dickie, I don't think you should contain your excitement. That's that's part of the game, <laughs> right? Like, and who knows where it ends up? But surely, like, that's the whole idea: is buying into horse racing ownership, is to to paint the dream, and and then sort of hopefully, you know, you go on that journey. And he's he's definitely given us a little bit of hope early doors. But look, I think I love so you think as a as a sire, he was a superstar racehorse and. For quite a while, I actually thought he was reasonably um, not unfashionable, but probably underappreciated as a stallion. But his his his, um, his stud fee's gone through the roof um, this year. I think he's up to about ninety-seven thousand or so. I actually sent our good mare um, Tabata was served by him on Saturday as well. So hopefully we get a nice uh, a nice nice sort of dark kind of cult out of uh, out of her as well. But he's a, he's a super. Siren out of a Lonro mare as well, um, and Uzali. So, yeah, and more to the point, just a great group of owners. So the idea was we're <laughs> going to try and have a bit of fun, and and hopefully we get a nice horse, and and we'll send them to uh, the best in the business and Chris Waller, and hope that J Mac jumps on board in his first start, and then we load up at the tab. And you're drinking plenty of champagne <laughs> and inviting Kempe in the VIP and the jet, and we're all going together. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> talk, about, <laughs> talk about painting dreams, Baz. You know, first summer up in the UK, making dreams come true. Tell us a little bit about it, mate. Your journey has been unbelievable. Yeah, it's been good, Kempe. Um, I mean, I didn't really want the job at the first instance. Now I've got it. I'm absolutely loving it. So it's um, it's <laughs> yeah. good crack and. And the boys are great, eh? They're. Um, I thought they were good, um, skill wise. I thought they were they were they were good. I didn't quite realise how good they are, and not just the first crop of players, but the talent coming through English cricket as well. And just as long as it can be harnessed right, and there's some challenges around these T20 leagues around the world, and I guess um, sort of it's not. I won't say stealing because you know the guys get the opportunity to to go away and, and earn good money in that. But they're definitely poaching some of the more traditional types of players and. That was one of the challenges for me. I guess I've been lucky enough to earn a good living out of the sport and been involved in some of those T20 leagues. But Test cricket for me was always kind of what it was about. Um, and to now be thrust into a position where you can have some influence over the the current um, crop of Test players and and particularly uh, English cricket, which is a sizable force in, in world cricket, um, was the challenge which I was looking forward to. And, and to be honest, it couldn't have started too much better than what it has. And um, there'll be a lot of talk about, well, how are you going to go in Pakistan, how are you going to go in the Ashes, which is our next two assignments, or next two out of our three. We've also got New Zealand back here in New Zealand. But my point to the lads was just enjoy the success we've had over the summer. These summers, successful summers like this, don't come around too often to win six out of seven test matches and and to captivate the, the public again over in England um, with the traditional sport of test cricket was, was something that we were able to achieve and um, you know, I just wanted the guys to enjoy that and appreciate it, and it will turn our attention and time to to what uh, what lays ahead. But it was certainly a successful summer. Mate, very successful. We've been, we've been watching it down under, mate. Just watching the 
the fairy tale just unfolds. Six from seven. Mate, tell us about the transition from um, uh, from Joe Root to, to Stokesy and how that's unfolded. I think it's been a masterclass from yourself. Um, Joe Root just always been a solid batter and uh, a world-class batter, probably the best in the world at the moment, but he's continued that form on. And Stokesy, you know, he's had his moments over the last couple of years, the way he's really relished the opportunity to captain his country. Yeah, mate, that's right. It's um, you know you sort of look through that lineup and you think there was there was always some world class players. You think Joe Root, mm. Johnny Bairstow, Ben Stokes, James Anderson, Stuart Broad. Um, but then what was the support act? What was the what was the challenges that you had to try and mm. um, shore up to allow those world class players to come out? And to be honest, like looking back on the summer, we kind of we took a few punts in regards to some players and. And you see their ceiling as a player and what they what they could become. I know we need a finished article there in that class about them. They just need opportunity and and selection loyalty as well. Oh, we haven't lost them, have we? Stand still, Bears. Stop working. Well done. Stand still. You're just cutting out there a wee yeah. bit there, Bezza. Come back there into there. sit me? down. Stop stop moving around. Sit down for five minutes and put the <laughs> put the put the spade away. <laughs> you can just, hey, put the whip what away. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, lads, just a bit of white kettle you know, white kettle rain just affecting my little humble abode here in Metamana. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Um but no, like, just giving those guys opportunity has been really important yeah. and allowing their talent to come out. So I think if I look at Ollie Pope at number three, he's been a real success. Uh, ben Folks, wicketkeeper batsman, has been has been brilliant right throughout the summer. We've had various guys stand up and, and deliver as well. And um, even Zach Crawley and Alex Lees in the last Test match, who were under immense amount of pressure, were able to get a performance when the game was on the line. And, and that's that's what you want to see from a coach: is give an opportunity yeah. these guys um, are able to. Uh, perform. They're not going to perform all at the same time, and they might not get it instantly. But you've got to give them the chance to for that flair and that that uh, quality to come out. And I think we've seen that this summer. So, but Stokes has been a, a wonderful um, skipper again. I thought he'd be good. I didn't realise he'd be as good as what he is. Um, he's. I'm aggressive. I think when it comes to tactics, I think Stokes has got me covered, which is uh, which is quite cool <laughs> as well. Um, he's very consistent with his messages, and he's incredibly intelligent. Uh, man as well, and and he's very driven at this stage of his career um, to to make a real impact on the game yeah. and, and on English cricket, world cricket. So very lucky. I guess timing's everything. Yeah, you've got definitely got two front runners out there, and captain and coach. Uh, you got to take a lot of that accolade too, Baz. So don't be don't be too humble. Hey, um, I know there'll come a time, mate. You're probably in Barbados, lying underneath a coconut tree, soaking the sun, and and starting to dream. Do the Black Caps and, and New Zealand feature in any of those dreams for the for your future? <laughs> oh, geez, I'm only just starting out here with England, you know. So I never anticipated being able to, um, I guess, be at the helm of, of an English test side as as coach. It certainly wasn't on my radar, and um, you know, now that I've now that I am in that position, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it and. Who knows where world cricket's going to go? Who knows where your own involvement in the, in the game's going to go? But for me, I'm just enjoying the opportunity to try and be able to give these guys a bit of freedom, a bit of support, and and play a small role in, uh, in hopefully um, the ability 
responsibility for us to to ensure that Test Cricket's able to survive and, and thrive over the next few years. But yeah, you never you never know what happens down the line. The, the Black Caps boys have obviously had a tough little period of late, but they've got some quality amongst themselves. They're well led, and and I'm sure they'll be fine in time. Yeah, we love having you back, and I know our listeners will be enjoying your voice uh, there, Bazaroo, mate. Appreciate you coming on. Just quickly, uh, you're going to go work on your, your golf etiquette while you're home, and have you got anything in the stable that we can look forward to? Well, first of all, Daggy, big g'day to all the listeners as well, all the boys out there and the girls who dial in and text in on our uh, on our text line, and and uh, they're a big part of the show. I know that they're enjoying having you, you as the skipper as well there. Daggy, double eight, double three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what is it? Oh, 0811. Is that right? There you go. It. You still got yeah. it. Hey? Good, good with numbers. Just don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, in, ter- uh, in terms of the racing stuff, uh, well, first of all, let's address the golfing etiquette. Um Daggy doesn't know how to pick up a flag stick. For anyone that has played with him or, or will play with him in the future, just count how many times he picks up a flag stick. And if he doesn't do it, just ask him at some stage. It'll probably be the 17th or 18th. Just, just remind him how heavy those flag sticks are and how draining it can be having to pick him out of the hole and put him back in. Uh, and he's likely to give you yeah. a big sniff or a cough just in your backswing as well, if not walk behind you, just to get a line for his own putt. <laughs> Wonderful golfer, shocking etiquette. Um, and in regards to the uh, the racing, there's actually races that matter about it today, but it's just started. The heavens have opened, so the track might be a little uh, a little sticky. But I reckon there's there's a couple of nice bets. I know Louis got his eye on a couple there um, at matter matter race one. I reckon down the bottom of the card. I think it's called Palestopian. Craig Grills drawn the two. It's the second start up. Ramsey and Richie trained. Sir Peter Vella owned about four dollars fifty. That's going to get my money, boys. Nice. Ooh, oh, there you go. There you go. Palestopian, yeah. Ooh. It's ran six. Craig Grills on top. Four dollars fifty. We appreciate that. Anything in the futures? You might be able to steer us in there. Hey, my mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you love when Daggy's asking a question here where he knows the answer to? <laughs> right, okay, okay. The liver mole. The liver mole, okay. Defibrillate, a horse which had a very small share and trained by Graham Richardson, my neighbour, fantastic bloke, good horse trainer, he is majority owner in it as well. Come back from Australia. We've made some money on it previously. We'll just keep that in mind, okay? We've all made some money on it previously. It's been crunched in $5 favouritism for the liver mole. So if you're that way inclined, that's a decent bet. And if you're real gutsy, it races a couple of weeks before in the arrow field and it's paying about $10, I reckon. Uh, no, more than that, actually. It might even be 12 to 14 14 um, It'll be fresh. It'll be fresh up. But if that field drops away, that's got La Creek and a pair of trees and dark destroyer and the light. If that field drops away with the TABs, no deductions, you get paid. Worth a crack. <laughs> nice. Nice couple of nice couple of tips there, Bears. Jeez, How's Paul Mwati? He's fantastic. Oh, he's making too much money at the moment. It's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, get, him. get him there. Paul. Take him down. Yeah, that no, how good's that no deductions, Bears? Ooh. Hey. Well, it's good. Well, I was a little bit out of the loop because I was trying to punt on old overseas, of course, you know, like around the old corals or, or those places over in in the UK. 
um, because the races were on over there, obviously. But now I'm back. You know, I've only picked up yeah. on the no deductions, and it has been a game changer. Well, how, how, how strong's the pound, eh? How strong's that pound? You'll be floating in it, mate. Appreciate it, Bazaroo boy, coming in it. <laughs> Definitely chat to us on the show, Baz. <laughs> we love having you back, brother. We love having you back. The and pound's we, on we the pressure. you. <laughs> <laughs> calm down calm down mate hey uh Bez, thanks very much my friend we uh we enjoyed your chat this morning and and talking about your success over in in england and and everything and like that and we appreciate the tips too mate so thanks very much we'll catch up soon eh anytime brother love yous yeah uh, throwing a couple out there couple of the you already knew you already knew eh daggy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew, but I was like, I just seen up here share the share the grave. I love sharing the grave with the listeners, and he's right. The the footballer eh, have a couple of bit of success over in Australia. It's coming home, and it's going to be entered in some solid races. So yeah, it might be worth a, a buck or two. Nice. Absolutely. 21 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Remember, I was asking you early on what made you tear up watching sport. And there's some great messages here we'll get to before the end of the show, dishing out our spring frenzy prize pack with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Paul Moati, not far away. And speaking of no deductions, I've got an update for you on Wild Night, a tip from yesterday's show. TAB.co.nz, that is where you go if you want to have a bet and not worry about deductions. And today, oh, poorly, as the weather is still niggly around the country, a heavy nine at Matamata means that horses are pulling out left, right and centre. And Wild Knight in race number three, who had been absolutely smoked at $3.30 on opening, is now $2.10. It'll probably jump odds on. And no deductions kind of leaves you... On a bit of a life raft, really. <laughs> that's not the only life raft uh, that's going around at the moment, Louis. The Joe Parker fight has attracted quite a bit of attention from our Kiwi punters. And I can tell you, in the fight result market, 95% of the turnover is on Joseph Parker at $2.50. We are getting absolute. If Joe Parker went, I'll, I'll just let you know, I'm just having a, a wee bit uh, of a look <laughs> further down the page. I'll let you know the worst results for us. Joe Parker to win by a knockout or TKO at $6.50. That's the best-backed uh, selection in the method of victory um, option. And in the pick the round, the worst one for us, Joe Parker to win uh, in the 12th round at $61. That's been the best back there. So if Joe Parker wins by knockout in the 12th round, uh, I'll probably be an intern at SNZ on Monday. <laughs> There's one going. Yeah, we've got, we got jobs available because kids, kids doesn't want to come back and Neeps won't answer the phone, so... <laughs> there's, there's, there's plenty, plenty of jobs available around here, Paulie. That is incredible. And punters, what what time do you reckon that fight will be? Like ten thirty, eleven? Yeah, as you know, it always depends on uh, what's happening before. But I reckon around about that, a nice sort of 
breakfast time for a nice sort of almost brunch. No, no, no. That's, no, gu- that's no, Guinness no. time what? at the Cav. No. Get on a plane and come is. up here. It's bottomless brunch time. Like, not, yeah, look, cl- sh- cut, shut your ears if you're um, Patty Gow, but this weekend might be a bender because you've got, <laughs> <laughs> you've got the bleed, you've got NRL finals, you've got, uh, of course, the AFL granny, then you've got JP at 11am, then you just roll All down whites. to Eden Park, watch the whites. I'm sure there's something else throw it in there oh oh how about sunday the underwood zaki at sandown and you've got the golden rose on saturday i mean if you guys don't have one of your big turnover weekends of the year something's wrong paulie well and i'm glad that you mentioned the bledisloe because we've got a promotion uh on the bledisloe cup match this weekend just back the winning team and either the match result or winning team in margin markets for this saturday night's bledisloe cup test and go in the draw to win one of 21 $5,000 bonus bets. That's one for each consecutive year that the All Blacks have beaten the Wallabies in Aotearoa. Um, so that's over $100,000 worth of bonus bets to be won. Uh, all you have to do is back the winning team and either the match result or the winning team in margin market uh, for this Saturday night's Bledisloe Cup match. Just head to the Punters Lounge on the TAB website to check out all the T's and C's there. And by the way, if you back the losing team, you go in the draw to win one of three jars of soil from Carisbrook, which was the last site the Wallabies beat the All Blacks in Aotearoa. Wow. I mean... It's a stat. That is that's quite a creative promotion you're running there, Paulie. I'm just trying to think, what would I do with a $5,000 bonus bet? Would I get Specky and try to put like a three-leg, six-buck multi on, or would I just take Zaki at $1.30 and get rolled again? What would I do? Yeah. <laughs> Any, anyway, I'll, I'll go ponder that, Paulie. Thank you for your time. Download the TAV app today. Get involved in all of those markets and promotions. R18 Gamble responsibly, of course. After this, we'll get through to some of these texts. There's a great one for, uh, from Matt for you, Kimpy, that I know you're going to absolutely love. The Fangers lads are coming through in absolute droves at the moment. Uh, we'll get to that after Auto Health News for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Twenty-seven away from nine, Baz back in the country and straight into his TAB account, loading up. I wonder what sort of units he's working in these days. Well, maybe we'll just watch race one and see what sort of plunge comes on the Sapina Valor own doors down the bottom of the book. Palastopian now Tavistock, so should get through the wet. Five-year-old, very patient, sharp enough trainers. Craig Grills, good gate. Don't mind it. But it's going to be a bit of a lottery today. 1ZB, really hard to stop over the 2,000 metres in that race. Uh, Just with the nature of the heavy track, lads, it will be a little bit sloppy towards the end of the day. But Wild Knight was the horse we were talking about yesterday. And if you go watch its trials, it's been super impressive. The first start at Tarapa, you just ride off. It was drawn wide that day. It was just running on nicely towards the end. And that's what you wanted to see from it. I also took a little bit of the each way around Not A Bad Pony when the place odds were um, far better in the next race. That flashed home late last time at Matamata. Believe it or not, in the same race was held up for runs that day. And going through the car, just having a look at all the scratchings, um, yeah, you just want to go and make sure your numbers are still the same today because 
The fields have not quite been decimated, but pretty much, and that's to be expected. So eight race card at Matamata today. Prismatic, another Tiako runner, two fifty into a dollar eighty five this morning with deductions there. So the bookies, well, they're very generous. Hopefully we've been able to find a couple at over the odds so we can make the most of it. Race three, wild night. That's the watch for us. We'll see how that goes. So just ask me, Kempe. It's a it's a chance to end up in the liver mole as well, right? Yeah, he's a chance. Um, again, weather dependent. Uh, and yeah, see who else is, like Bear said, you know, where the other horses end up going, whether they track to Sydney or to, to, to Melbourne to race in the big money races. Um, we'll just see how it goes. He'll probably run, I think, this weekend down in Oapuni. Um Yeah, it's. Do you reckon he'd flash home for fourth in a Melbourne Cup? I reckon I reckon he's a really good horse and he just won't he won't sort of not try, you know what I mean? So I think if we get the dis- the, the good thing about Alan Alan will get him right for the right race, he'll get the distance. It's just about whether all the all the stars align and they stack up right. You know, he lost that horse on the weekend, gave him eight kilos. Mm. You know, that's a pretty hard hard runner and another hundred metres he wins the race, you know, so he, Look, he's a he's a really good horse. He just got it, you know, rated too highly, and unfortunately, he's got to carry fifty nine, sixty kilos every time he runs around. Yeah, it's really hard for those um, high handicap horses that are wet trackers because there just isn't many weight for age races through the. Not winter. enough in New Zealand. No, no, and and you couldn't have them because then you'd just be running around weight for age races without horses that are worthy of it. He's just he's in that anomaly group. Could you is, send him to Aussie? Yeah, we could. We actually thought about sending him to Waller this year. Um, yeah. But you know that again, he'd still be rated really um, highly, and he'd be racing against horses that again, like he would still be in the top rated. Uh, yeah, and and it's hard. It's it's really t- it's really tough, and those decisions ultimately is there, and you'll realise this when you you've got a, such a good trainer in, in Chris Waller. Um, they they come down to that to the tr- to the trainer, mate. You know they'll tell you what, it, you're not that astute if you start making decisions yourself. And you've only been in the game for five minutes. These guys know every race. They know where it's going, where it should go, yeah. where how it's yeah. tracking, um, and when it's right to actually perform. So you know, Alan decided decides where where it goes, what, what it does, and we just back him. Yeah, that's the way yeah. to do it. World's best owners, those ones. Just leave it out of your hands. Don't plus, 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 he's my best mate, and he'll just tell me where to go if I said anything anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Speaking of world What class, he says is, did I ever tell you how to coach the Warriors? No, I didn't, did I? Now, pack your bag, son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Stephen McKee. Oh. He's on the good oil with Clayton and myself this weekend, uh, and for the next couple of weekends, actually. So Sticko's locked in, and we'll be working towards the mile race at Hastings next weekend. Uh, right, Matt texts through. We were asking about uh, what makes you cry in sport. <laughs> what moments have made you emotional, like the hay fever season we're in at the moment? One time I drove from Fungus to Gizzy and it was flat as until I left. I left in tears. Yeah, well, look, I've had plenty of those days where you, you get, is he, I, I don't know whether you've tried this, but generally general, when you surf, you get what's called the surf bug. And it's just like you've just got to go surfing all the time, you know what I mean? Like, you see a little wave, and so I'm going out there. So I understand exactly what Matt's talking about. He's obviously heard that there's a swell coming, and he's got there, and in the time frame, it didn't come, and he's left, and all of a sudden it started to pump. Of course you're going to cry, mate, especially if you've driven, driven all the way from – I'm guessing he's, it means Fongamata all the way down to Gisborne. Yeah. 
you know. He's ch- he's on the east coast chasing the east swell. It hits that, that first corner of the bend, you know what I mean? That's where all the swell goes before it drops off up the Whangamatanga. He's expecting a big swell, and he's missed it. Left, and it's come, it's come in. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. Done that plenty of times. Yeah, I've got a similar one. Yesterday, perfect weather, hot as, no wind, great day for golf. You're like, no, nah, wait for tomorrow. Cloudy, horrible weather out there and a bit of wind around. So you're thinking, man, I should have just made that decision. Oh, anyway. You got a game today? What about all yeah, the gold, game today. What about all the Gold Coast fans walking out with, with eight minutes to go of the last Warriors home game? Oh. <laughs> and then thinking, oh, no, they've won it. We should have known that. I nearly cried watching Reese Walsh. I nearly cried with laughter watching him carry on like a genuine pork chop. Mm. Isn't that an A-list? A-grade. A-grade. <laughs> He's an A-grade, isn't he? Close. <laughs> but He's an A-grade. Who, that was an A-grade moment, wasn't it? Walshy carrying on up and down, trying to yell at the coach, get me back on there, just like, yeah, terrible. Did you see that they actually... Um, did you see that that club I sent through yesterday? <laughs> which oh, there were so many. Which, which ones? So, Joel and Fletch. If you're wondering what we're talking oh, about, yeah. that they did yeah. a thing on Mondays called Monday A Grades, and essentially it's like who's the biggest buffoon, who's been the biggest douche, and <laughs> they spoke to Stephen MacIver or MacIver as they call him, <laughs> and. <laughs> They did. They spoke to him last week, and they tried to explain to him. Can I call you Macca? Oh, so funny. We played the audio, but um, Monday came around this week, and apparently they got inundated with nominations for their Monday, like their listeners' Monday A grade was Stephen MacGyver. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, <laughs> just lying. And just listen to Fletch. Fletch was actually genuinely sorry, but then they're like, "No, you're not." Joel was um, Joel was like, "No, you're not." Sorry. He's like, oh, I was just trying to, I didn't, I didn't mean to go down that line, and, and it just happened, and then he just, the worst thing is Beaver was encouraging her. <laughs> Don't blame him, Beaver. The worst oh, thing I about, Beaver. The worst thing about that is Beaver's laughing his head off in the background, mate, because he's got it, that's why. Mm. And uh, just, there's some guys that when you're, when you're playing footy, and Izzy, you'd know this, there's some guys you don't go near. Like if you want to, yeah. if you want to have a crack at them, you gotta take your A game because they'll destroy yeah. you with your with their D game. Yeah, you know Corey I mean? Jane. So yeah. Yeah, you yeah. just some guys you just go, nah, mate, take that one away. I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> that is what you call a uh, that is what you call an A grade compete. Uh, no horse uh, Whangarei. So Whangarei's all the way. Gee whiz, now that would make you cry, Maddie. Uh, rubbing yourself down with DP before the game, then forgetting to wash your hands before you go for a leak. That brought a tear to my eyes, James. <laughs> We've all been there, Jim. We have all been there. There is. Hey, I've got, I've got a quick path. one. I've got a quick one here. I've got a quick one here. Okay, the great. So we we got Graham Steadman. He was a he was a great Britain fullback, and we had another bloke, was a good bloke called Sinjin Alice, who was on the wing for Castleford. He's rubbed not DP, but they had this other stuff in England, and so they. The Poms wear jock straps. So he's rubbed it in his jock strap because he's late to training. We all sit in the room watching video with JJ, and Steady comes running in. He's, he's late. 
put his training gear on to come run straight in and he's sitting there and we're watching the video. All of a sudden he starts moving in his seat and he starts grabbing his his budgies and he's lifting them up and all of a sudden he's just gone, whoa, whoa, i got to go, boss. i got to go. He's got them all over his, his, his nuts and he's had to go, go and jump in the shower. And the worst thing about the stuff that Singe put on it, it gets worse when you put cold water on it. So like, we never saw him for the rest of the night. <laughs> he's, rubbed it, he's rubbed himself down with it. And he's just, mate, with one of the characters, he's no longer with us, St. John, but he um, he used to get so many blokes like that. He'd, he'd travel home, one quick one, he'd travel home with blokes in the back of their car. They wouldn't know that he's there. And he'd wait till they pull into their driveway and then jump on the back of them. <laughs> <laughs> That is terrifying on both counts. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, Paul, we're going to get to your message, and Ed will get to yours before the end of the hour as well. Back in a minute. Oh, texts have been fantastic today, and let's get to a couple of them now. Chris says, and this is unfortunate, taking the tip for Louis' tip yesterday, <laughs> prop, lock, and taking the race number four, three, instead of race three, number five, well, look, that's unfortunate, uh, Chris, but look, to be honest, you've still got a, a nice chance there, and believe it or not, so it wouldn't feel too bad. you got Opie Boston writing. Um, this one from Paul I thought was really nice. My teary moment. Watching my kids not being the best or the fastest, but absolutely giving everything they have got and not quitting when it would be so easy to do so. I've always told them it doesn't matter where they come as long as they give 110. It's always about the size of the fight in the dog, not the dog yeah, of nice. the fight. Nice, Paulie. Lovely, Paulie. And uh, Paul, to be honest, that is probably because it's a bit sentimental. I think that has been the text of the day, mate. So thanks to Chemist Warehouse. We've got a Spring Frenzy prize pack with their friends at Health Therese and Musashi. We're going to hook you up with that, Paul. But there's been some good other messages coming through. McCaw, after being subbed off at Eden Park in his last game in New Zealand to a standing ovation. Oh, wow. Uh, that was spine-tingling moment, Kempi. Just a, a, pretty much a nation just standing and applauding the service of a great. Yeah, going out. Like, that's that's one of those stories that will be immortalised in a in a movie, you know what I mean? Like, going out, who picks that way of going? But you never ever thought about that when he first made it. Like standing o at Eden Park. Standing o at Eden Park. That's how, I'm, that's, how I'm walking out. that's how I'm walking out. That's a mic drop moment. It is a mic drop moment. Uh, what a legendary career. So I can understand why there wouldn't have been a dry eye in the building. Uh, 2015, I needed peeling from the ceiling after the hairy jab hit that famous six. And the juice extractor had brought tickets for the final about 10 months earlier. So the emotional turmoil from watching that game was out there. Tears of despair at times and then high at the, the high at the end. We broke out cocktails 10.30 at night to celebrate. Yeah, look, sometimes like in a, in a long... Like the Kiwis test, the emotional roller coaster. It's not happy or sad. It's just exhaustion tears. Oh, hundred percent. Like looking. Sometimes when you're in a test match and you you know you won it and you shouldn't have won it, and then you're looking over at your mate, and then you just sort of like put your head down. You know what I mean? It's yeah. There's like I said. You know, you could probably name a dozen. The, the, just said you brought that up. But one of the funniest ones I've ever seen is I think there's a game in Brisbane and a guy. They've got no show. They're five metres off their try line. So he puts a, just a kick downfield. And they chase like like there's nothing. And the guy, the fullback, gets it. 
and the game's over, he just has to kick it out. But he kicks it to the long side oh, of the football field. I've seen it, and it doesn't kick it out. And, and it bounces back yeah. into the winger's hand, and he scores the winning try. It yeah. was just like, yeah. mate, that's probably that guy that kicked that ball. Crying. That's the grand final. It was a grand final. They they lost it because he should have gone. He's, he's on the short side. He should have just kicked it out the short side, but he's trying to be smart, gone to the long side. It's yeah. one of the funniest things I've seen. Big bout of hay fever there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'd assume. Morena Brothers for me, getting the win over Horofenua in 93, getting to ride in the Rotoya in the Horofenua rugby car. Ulsan running up with the Masera, the team. My first cousin, Winston, going to, into the pub to get a rub down, ride a Cross the opposition players and then taking all the ball, line out to my opposition, giving a position and the 10-7 victory. Can't make this up. The context is my cousin and mum's people from Horofenua <laughs> in this Tautoku uh, Aroha was for me, an East Coast player over his own side. Right. And so that's like an emotional, there's a lot of heritage involved. Yeah. And you and, get that. Yeah, of course. He's travelling down with the team he's playing against and, you know, gets the rub down and goes out and beats them. Yeah. Oh, Look, there's. I, I don't think you can. There's whether or not you don't have to be a professional player. But like, some of the best ones I've ever seen. Like when I was a kid, was watching Waitara Bears play um, Western Suburbs. Like that was the rugby league game, and I remember just sitting there and I going, "Wow, I can't believe that this happened in my backyard." You know, some legends playing. So it doesn't have to be a big NRL game. Hundred percent. I remember after the Christchurch earthquakes, we had a. Uh, they opened AMI the first one uh, after the September quake. They opened AMI Stadium up, Old Lancaster Park, for a free admission, and we all just went to watch Canterbury play. It was quite emotional because the city had just been half put in ruins. We didn't know what was coming next in two thousand eleven. We would never go back to AMI. And it was Sunny Bill Williams, Robbie Robbie Fruin kind of era of Canterbury and that was emotional and just because you were kind of like wow look we're back here and then in hindsight we wouldn't go back again Uh, Richie we were talking mancads at the start of the show I'll cry tears of happiness of Trent Bolt mancads David Warner in a World Cup final me too (laughs) seven away from nine we'll catch up with Smithy after this Righty ho, just for the end of the show, uh, let's sleep on it with temper. They've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Smithy got an absolute classic for you today, I reckon. Sleep on this and let us know tomorrow. Now, man catting is officially official in the ICC rulebook that it isn't against the spirit of the game. Will we see it used for effect at the T20 World Cup? Okay. Um, now that it's officially okay, yeah, of course you will. I, I, I think um, it's it's long been a bit of an issue that batsmen crib ground, <clears throat> and now they can do something about it legally. I think it's uh, a, it's pretty cool actually. Stops them. It stops them cheating. Makes the value of a run even more uh, important. So what I could not work out is it wasn't ever illegal, but it wasn't necessarily in the good part of the rule book. So. Well, yeah, well, that's because we're gentlemen. We're, uh, cricket's a gentleman's game. I mean, Israel was part gentleman, and then he jumped the fence, <laughs> became non-gentleman. <laughs> well, he was part gentleman. About as gentlemanly as a, a schoolboy tear-away fast bowler could be, I should add. <laughs> hey, Smitty, tell everyone about that hundy on school when you were there watching, mate. Tell everyone. Yeah, mate. Yeah, well, mate. Well, well, let's uh, see what we've got on the show today, <laughs> fellas. We've got uh, the sermon, then we've got... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Smitty, Smitty. I love it, mate. I love it. I'll, I'll wait. Only reason I got there in the end, Smitty, because I seen the legend standing there on the boundary. I wanted to impress him. Mate, 
A lot of what ifs. A lot of what ifs, mate. Have a good show there, Smithy. Appreciate it. And everyone that's messaging, take care. We'll be back tomorrow. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.